Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Montessori Talks. My name is Letty Rising, and today's episode is going to be on building relationships with the elementary child. So throughout the history of education, there are initiatives and movements and even sayings that come and go. Some of them stick and some of them become interwoven within the fabric of education, and then some even fizzle out after a while. Examples of recent buzzword terms and concepts that have been all the rage are grit, data-driven, mastery-based learning, personalized learning, and so on. In this talk, I wanted to go through a concept that has been getting wide recognition, but also has been rarely explained in such a way that is concrete and actionable. And this concept is building relationships. There have been many teachers taking to social media in recent days, weeks, and months who make funny memes or short videos about how their administrator or their school's answer to everything is Just build relationships with your students. The answer is to build those relationships. It has become the pat answer to be thrown out during any student-related dilemma that arises. Your student isn't motivated? Have you tried building a relationship? Your student threw a chair at you? Have you tried building a relationship? Your student has taken control of the class with negative behavior. Have you tried building a relationship? This can be very frustrating to be the person on the receiving end of this. It reminds me of the pattern that many adults fall into with children, but here it is being repeated with other adults. And that is the notion of telling someone they need to do something without explaining what that something exactly looks like. Parents and educators do this every time they ask their children to clean up, for example. 
when you tell a child that it's time to clean up, that doesn't really give a lot of information, particularly to the big picture thinker who has difficulty breaking down concepts into smaller, tangible chunks. Being this kind of child myself when I was younger, and also having a child who had similar struggles, I learned that I had to be more explicit because that is what I needed and I didn't get. So when I told my youngest daughter to clean her room, I then said, and that means take your clothes that are on the floor, put them into the hamper, then take your books that are on your bed and put them onto your bookshelf. Then when you're finished, come and get me and I'll help you see the other things that need to be done. As teachers, we have to break down the big picture activity into smaller pieces. If we don't, we risk students being overwhelmed and shutting down. And unfortunately, their responsive behaviors, or rather their lack of responsive behaviors, often become labeled as laziness or lack of motivation, when really it often comes down to a lack of understanding. So not only breaking down into smaller steps, but chunking two to three steps at once, and then chunking two to three more steps until the task is done, will go a long way towards not only preventing overwhelm, but helping the child develop mental pathways that help them navigate the steps involved in cleaning up next time. If society is telling you that the answer to a harmonious classroom environment is to build relationships, but there aren't any concrete examples on how to do that, that could be experienced as gaslighting and resentment can arise every time someone throws out the term, just build a relationship. Why the resentment? First off, it isn't a simple fix. In fact, when it comes to the notion of people relating to one another, there are rarely simple fixes. People are highly complex and varied, and change happens from conversation and dialogue, not from tossing out a trendy term or buzzword. Because what does that mean when somebody says build a relationship? What are they trying to say? What does that mean? This is going to be explored within the context of a Montessori elementary environment highlighting points of opportunity throughout the day where the building of relationships can occur. By breaking this term down into a series of actionable strategies, you will have some real-world tools at your disposal to try. So let's start with the first moment of contact. Building a relationship happens the moment students walk through the door. Whether it be that you or your assistant teacher are able to greet each student by the door or you acknowledge them from afar, meeting every child's eyes with a welcoming smile is the best first thing you can do to start off strong. When greeting your students, think about who they are and what they like. If during your observations, for example, you've heard them talk about joining a new sports team, then ask them about it. Jenna, how was that soccer game last night? Did it go well? Did you enjoy yourself? If the children can walk into the door and know within a few minutes that their teacher cares about them and is interested in knowing more about their lives, that makes a big impact on your relationship building efforts. So you want to start out the very beginning of the day asking them something about themselves. And you want to do that 
before you go tell them to hang up their jacket or take off their shoes. You want to show interest in them before you ask them to do something. Now let's talk about throughout the work cycle. One of the things that Montessorians get confused about is how to interact with children during the work cycle. We are taught to not interrupt children at work, and we are also taught to not intervene unless a child is engaging in disruptive behavior. However, if we follow this to the letter, then the end result can be that children and teachers get looped into a cycle of negative attention where the child begins to settle into a pattern of negative attention seeking because the attention isn't coming to them in any other form. Teachers can engage with children during the work cycle and engage positively. It's really okay to engage with children during that work cycle time. You want to be mindful and intentional about your engagement. It's rare that you find a child concentrating or engaged in intensive collaborative work all day, every day. There are moments all throughout the work cycle where the children are pausing and when circulating throughout the classroom, you might want to take advantage of moments when you see the children seeking eye contact with you or initiating interactions with you. If a child isn't engaged in work or collaborating with partners at the moment, it might be the perfect time to initiate a positive interaction. Here are a few kinds of interactions that go over well. Asking curiosity questions. If you have a child who's painting a diorama and they begin engaging with you, you can say something like, I wonder what life was like for the early humans before they had fire. You know, you're just kind of throwing an idea out and then that's a way for you to show that you are wanting to connect. Another thing you can do is to pair a noticing statement with a question. I noticed that you spent a long time on that animal classification work this morning. It seemed like you were enjoying yourself. Is that true? Would you like some ideas on research topics you could explore to learn even more? This is a question that you can ask, and it's always great to pair a noticing statement with a question. So there's lots of variety of things that you can notice and ask about throughout the work cycle. And you're always going to want to do that when the children's eyes are up, looking around, or they're seeking contact or engagement with you. Another idea would be to inject some fun humor into your interactions. Elementary children love humor. And if you can share a joke together or something funny, that goes a long way in fostering connections. Another thing you could do is sit near them for a while and strike up a conversation. This can be easily done when children are doing non-thinking work, such as painting a poster or a part of a set for a play, or maybe they're doing some finger knitting. Children want and need spontaneous organic interactions with others, and these non-planned moments add a lot of value to relationships. Another thing you could do is if the children aren't busy, you can invite them to help you with something and engage in small talk and conversation along the way. Remember that for it to be a true choice, they need to have the option of saying no. So you can invite them. And if they say no, then you could always ask somebody else or try another time. 
Many practical life activities offer great opportunities to talk and connect, such as food prep, gardening, folding laundry, and etc. So let's talk about your classroom gathering time as a great time to be building relationships and what kinds of things you can do there. Whenever your class gathers, whether it be for a morning meeting or a class meeting or an afternoon gathering, these are perfect times for intentional strategic relationship building, particularly if you have a class that has not developed a harmonious classroom culture you will want to infuse these meetings with opportunities for children to share compliments and appreciations with each other. Even in this setting, you are not forcing it, nor are you showing visible frustration if they aren't volunteering words or actions showing positive goodwill. However, you are making space for this to happen and modeling it by sharing your own compliments and appreciations aloud to the children. Also, during gathering time is a great time to sing together. Singing brings out feelings of connection, solidarity, and trust. If you're not comfortable singing, then you can always put on some music. And playing familiar songs over and over again lends itself to a shared experience that the children have with each other and with you. That kind of activity goes a long way towards building relationships with children. Now let's look at lunchtime. Building relationships at lunchtime looks like sitting at a table with children at lunch, listening to their conversations and participating in their conversations. Although you may guide the conversation if need be, resist the idea of dominating or even leading these conversations. You have plenty of opportunities to lead conversations when you present lessons to them. This is a time for conversation, sharing stories, asking questions, laughing, and so on. Be sure that you take great care to not only sit at tables with children with whom you have an effortless rapport. You want to make sure you're also sitting with children who you maybe have had some struggles with during the day, and it's not as easy to connect or talk with them. Lunchtime is the perfect time to be strategic about sitting at tables with children who you might find to be difficult during class time. These children have heard from you all morning long. They've heard you giving them reminders to stay on task keep their hands to themselves, modulate their voices, show you their work, and so on. These children especially need different kinds of interactions with you, and that's really the only way they're going to be building a relationship with you is if they can have these more informal, connective, enjoyable, lighthearted interactions. And if lunchtime happens to be your break time, because a lot of teachers take their break at lunch and that's a time when an assistant guide or another personnel on staff is with children, and maybe this is the only time you can get some quiet during the day, maybe you can try just sitting with them at lunch once a week and be sure to sit with everyone you can over the course of the month so that you've sat next to you know, at least every child in your class once during the month. Let's talk about recess. Do you like to play games with your children? Even if you don't, 
you will want to learn to enjoy it because there is no other way to increase the child's interest in you than for you to jump into their world of fun and games. You can lead fun games, but I encourage you to show them once and then let them take the lead with you being the participant. You get to be an equal in games and the children can make, set, and enforce the rules. And sometimes there are children at recess who aren't really interested in playing games, but they just want to sit on the bench and talk. You want to be available for those students too. You aren't initiating conversation on topics that you want to talk about. You are thinking about what would this child like to talk about and starting there, or maybe you let them lead the conversation and you respond accordingly. Read aloud is another place that you can build relationships, and it's a really enjoyable place to do that. It's a wonderful relationship building activity for a couple of reasons. First off, you're offering a shared experience with the class and everyone is on the adventure or the journey together. Second, talking about the thoughts and the lives and the experiences of the characters in books is a great way to safely talk about uncomfortable emotions, or situations. Exploring the difficulties of the characters not only helps the children to develop empathy, but many children can also identify with their trials and tribulations. Asking questions such as, how do you think Wanda felt when she was teased by her classmates? Will allow the children to indirectly share how they feel or even how they felt at one time or another If they were teased, offering them this outlet will pave the way towards stronger bonds with your students because they're going to kind of feel like they indirectly shared their own emotions and feelings with you. And if you are receptive to that and encouraging of that, that is going to develop the relationship and the trust for them to be able to come to you and talk to you about things that are hard, that are real in their own lives. Let's talk about the last moment of contact during the day. Just as we want the children to start their day off strong, we also want them to leave us on a good note. Whether it be a classroom gathering where everyone sings or shares, or maybe you shake their hand on the way out, ask them what they are doing after school and tell them you hope that they have a good time. Hey, Michelle, what are you doing after school? Oh, you're going to go to the skate park with Raphael? I hope you guys have so much fun. These final moments of school can be very impactful. Let's talk about outside of class. So your school community might have special events that happen outside of school, whether on campus or off campus. And these are wonderful opportunities to spend time with your students just hanging out. Again, this is another time where you aren't asking anything of them or expecting anything of them. You are not guiding them. You are not facilitating. You're just being with them. And if you provide more being time with them, they will be more receptive to your suggestions during the doing time. Additionally, with the electronic age that we now live in, we are increasingly more connected. This means that there is additional opportunities to build relationships outside of class. 
maybe during the time between the students leaving and you going home, you dedicate 15 minutes to sending one to two students a short email, making sure that you send one to everyone each month. Or if they're younger students, you can also send a note to their parents expressing appreciation for their child or commenting on something you've noticed or observed. Simple things such as, I noticed that Miguel has been really excited about learning how to multiply with our Montessori materials. He and his good friend were making up problems all morning long. Sentences like those are simple and easy ways to create connections and bonds and build those relationships and strengthen relationships as well. So it's one thing to say, build a relationship with your students. However, it is another thing entirely to put into place all of the strategies involved in doing the relationship building actions, infusing the day with positive statements, comments on things you notice about them, curiosity questions, humor, and times to just be will lead to closer connections with your students. And while none of these are foolproof solutions to the challenges you might face in your classroom, they are tools that you can use to minimize strife and to maximize a well-functioning and harmonious classroom environment. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trulliammontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.